Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. From hard news to pop culture, he's got you covered. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Great to have you with us on a Sunday. Remember to follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Like us on Facebook, The Roy Green Show page. And you can listen back to anything on the uh, webpage, RoyGreenShow.com. You can also post your comments there. So the other day, the, um, the nominations for the Oscars are released. And all the nominated actors are white for the second year. And the question is, why does that matter? Is it an insult to visible minorities? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of consternation on social media about this. I said the other day, it's neither a government nor a publicly funded policy initiative. It's the movies, funded by consumer dollars, by going to the movies and the purchase of related commercial goods, to be sure. Uh, the Oscars are an in-house awards ceremony, with the awards going to people pretending to be somebody else. You know what I'm looking forward to? The Oscars? It's Chris Rock. I'm seeing the Oscars. Chris Rock is my favorite comedian. After George Carlin died, it was just Chris Rock that I really, really... I mean, there's some others that I like, but Chris Rock is just absolutely brilliant. Robin Williams was the same. So you had George Carlin, Robin Williams, Chris Rock. They were the, the top three to me. So I'm looking forward to, to that aspect of the Oscars. It doesn't matter to me that Chris Rock is black. Even though a lot of his humor does have racial uh, tones to it. But he's funny. And the actors, hopefully, are good. Paul Levinson joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Professor Paul Levinson, Fordham University, professor of media studies. Uh, he's um, he's also a film... Uh, is it fair to say critic, Paul? Absolutely. I'm okay. critical of everything. Okay, fair enough. He's also a, an excellent author. S- books... Um, Translated into sixteen languages, and we're talking one of the one of the books I want to you I want to talk to you about is is it Ian's Ions and Eons? You got it exactly. Oh right. man, I I worked on that, Paul. Beautiful. I worked on that. Ian's Ions and Eons, and that was published in two thousand and eleven, right? Well, actually, the book was published just last week. It consists of three novelettes, all of which were published in the last few years one of which was published in 2011, and I hustled to get this book out because that novelette in 2011 is a time travel story featuring David Bowie. So I, I thought it would be appropriate to, to get that out as soon as possible. Absolutely, and your science fiction books are legendary. So before we talk about the Oscars controversy, because it can wait a minute, it's not going anywhere. Okay. Uh Talk to us about the uh, time travel story with David Bowie, because Bowie, now you had me saying Bowie. It took me years to get around saying Bowie. Stop well, it. I think, I don't know whether it's Bowie or Bowie. It's Bowie. It is Bowie. I got con- I got corrected so many times when I was doing rock radio, and I'd say David Bowie, and people would call and say, it's Bowie. I know, that's because Jim Bowie, right? The, the guy with the knife. There was like a that's film. right, the Bowie knife. Right, exactly. Not the Bowie knife. Not the Bowie knife. It's the Bowie knife. the same way. So it's Jim... 
It's yeah, David, it's David Bowie. Okay. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, basically, the, the story is actually about a descendant uh, of David Bowie, whose l- last name, of course, is Jones, because that's what uh, David Bowie's uh, original real name was. And he goes to a time travel agency, which is named uh, Ian Irons and Ian's, and uh, books a trip. Uh, back to the 1970s, where, in fact, in our real history, there was a recording session with David Bowie and John Lennon. And what came out of that session was David Bowie's huge hit record, Fame. And the descendant of David Bowie feels that in that mix, uh, Bowie was not quite... Uh, strong enough vis-a-vis Lennon, and and in, in particular, n- not that David Bowie was too soft in the background, but that both voices should have been out there as clear as possible, and it had word gotten out that John Lennon was actually in there, and you could hear him more clearly. Bowie's descendant felt that the record would have been an even huger hit, and Bowie's name would have redounded even more throughout history. That's so right. the time travel music story and uh, involving actual mixes in the tape and all kinds of wow. things as well. well I'm going to get that. I, and I, you put things out so prolifically that it's hard for me to stay up with you. I mean, I'm still looking at... Uh, Touching the Face of the Cosmos on the Intersection of Space, Travel, and Religion, and that was recent. That's right. That was just a couple of weeks. I try to do as much damage as possible. You know, you only get one ride on the merry-go-round, so you might as well make some noise. <laughs> All right, well, let's like make a little noise about the Oscars. So we have the nominations that have been uh, been released, and again this year, almost immediately, I saw it on Twitter, almost immediately, all-white, and there's a hashtag, and I... What's, what's the hashtag? Um, I have it here somewhere. Oh, it's Oscars So White. Oscars So White. Mm-hmm. That hashtag reappeared. So what have we got going on? Um, what have we got going uh, on, Paul? Russell, let me say, first of all, you and I have identical tastes in comedians, because I couldn't have put it any better than you just did about Chris Rock and about the, the other comedians that you admire. Oh, fantastic. And, and, I, and I have to tell you, I'm far more concerned about the reaction to the all-white slate of nominees than the fact that there is an all-white slate of nominees. And what I see as a problem is that our society is becoming increasingly obsessed with how many, you know, what percentage of women versus men, of African Americans and Latinos versus Anglos, you know, whatever. And I'll just give you an example that has nothing to do with the Oscars, but I think it gets at this very point. Uh, I saw a superb concert. I assume it's been available up in Canada a few weeks ago. It was apropos of music and John Lennon. It was a 75th birthday party for John Lennon. And I didn't see it in person, unfortunately, but it was, you know, on some television channel. And I was watching with a group of people. We were all loving it. It was superb. And and someone said, my God, there's only one woman in in this concert uh, who was Sheryl Crow. Everybody else, you know, was a man. And, you know, I didn't want to get into a fight, uh, so I didn't say anything. But I, I certainly was thinking, so what? 
you know, who knows who was invited, who turned it down. The, what should matter is, was the concert good or not? Were the performances good or not? Exactly. And in, the, in the case of the Lennon concert, they were all fabulous. In the case of these movies, now I haven't seen every single movie that, you know, came out this year. And for all I know, there is a movie with an African-American actor or actress that had I saw that movie, I would be outraged because the performance was so much better than one or two of the other performances that were nominated. So, you know, I have to make that proviso. Uh, you know, I, 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 I see a huge number of movies and television shows. I haven't seen everything. I was certainly disappointed a few years ago, for example, when Idris Elba, who I came to really admire with his stunning performance on The Wire and then the, the, the British detective Luther. Uh, he played Nelson Mandela in, in, in that movie a few years ago that he didn't win. Um, but as far as I can see, you know, these, uh, you know, actors and actresses all did a splendid job. You know, I could quibble a little bit. For example, the movie The Hateful Eight, well, this was the Quentin Tarantino movie. Came out late in the year. Jennifer Jason Leigh, who is a, a white actress, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Samuel L. Jackson, he could have been nominated for Best Actor. Uh, but then again, I don't know. His performance was excellent. I don't know if it was better than Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, you, you know, or any of the other leading uh, male actors. And I think. What we should be focusing on as moviegoers and as a society in general is to be truly colorblind and go for just the best, regardless of the ethnicity of the people involved. And, uh, you know, that's ultimately what we should be striving for, not sort of counting, you know, what percentage of African-Americans are in the population. Okay, that percentage should be nominated in this and that, you know, group of nominations, or maybe not. Maybe there should be more African-Americans to make up for the discrimination, which certainly African-Americans did receive in the past and are still receiving now. I don't deny any of that. But that's not... I think what we want in our popular culture. Well, you know, we we, we talk a great deal about um, being inclusive. We want an inclusive society. Politicians tell us that. Sociologists tell us that. Uh, film critics tell us that. Broadcasters tell us that we want to be inclusive. And yet we do so much to separate people from one another. If the inclusive uh, model isn't to the satisfaction of the critic with a with a phone and access to Twitter, then it becomes a, a, a point of argument. So we separate people at the same time we're demanding inclusion. You can't have both. I've often said, and I always say, I always believe this. There's one race. It's called the human race. Yeah. And so I look at this and I see this complaining about all white actors and and uh, can you say actress anymore, Paul, or not? <laughs> That's another thing. There's a <laughs> you're, you're completely right. There is a point of view that somehow I don't know. It's like demeaning to call a woman an actress. She's an actor just like a man. Um, sure, we l listen. We come obviously. But you know, when I was a kid, when I was a, when I was a young guy, a, a really young guy, and I saw beautiful Raquel Welch on the screen, I never said I wanted to date that actor. <laughs> 
I didn't have dreams about that actor. I had dreams about that actress. And, that and actually, me. there's an important point there. Part <laughs> of the, the joy of human life is indeed celebrating diversity. And if everything is called the same, you know, just on that point, what that yeah. does is it weakens, uh, you know, the diversity. Or, you know, apropos or with Maurice Chevalier, whoever it was who first said it, viva la difference. Yeah. And, and, I and what, was it, what was it he said? Somebody said, uh, what do you think of kissing a woman's hand? And he said, well, you have to start somewhere. So, let me take a quick break. We'll come sure. back with Paul Levinson on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You want to pitch in on this? It's 888-225-8255-416-870-6400 is the number. Paul's uh, book now that's just out, uh, Eons, Ions, and Eons. Eons, Ions, and Eons. And uh, Touching the Face of the Cosmos on the Intersection of Space Travel and Religion. Fordham University Professor of Media... And communications, media studies and communication, AAA-225-8255. Is it actor or actress? Can you say actress anymore? Is anybody in the acting profession? If you're a woman and you're an act, if you're pretending to be somebody else, can, can I call you? May I call you an actress? Or will you get angry at me and accuse me of being, well, accuse me of something. We'll come back. Stay with us. Award-winning broadcaster Roy Green is keeping you company on your weekend. This is The Roy Green Show across the Chorus Radio Network. I've always been a huge Chicago fan. Um, Back in the days when they were the Chicago Transit Authority. But well, they got a little lost in that song there, in that, that little riff there, got a little bit... Now, where are we now? What are we going to do with this piece of music? Da, 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 da. Somebody find a note, please. You remember Chicago Transit Authority, eh, Paul Levinson? I do, but that's one thing I don't particularly agree with you on. I, I, I didn't like that whole turn of music, you know, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Chicago. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I, I was no fan of, like, the big band era. I was, like, you know, too young. I like the Moody Blues? I love the Moody Blues. The Moody Blues, you know, there. In fact, my wife and I have gone to like half a dozen concerts, uh, Moody Blues concerts over the years. I know you're out there somewhere. I know you're out there somewhere. Good. What a great song. Oh, what a great song. I loved. I loved Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Chicago was always my favorite group when Peter Cetera was singing with them, and after that, it was a bit of a crapshoot. But anyway. I, I like talking to you because we're, we're the same vintage. Let's. Um, Paul Levinson is with me, and uh, his book we're going to tell you about, remind you about, is Ian's Ions and Neons, and uh, three stories. The second one was published in 2011. It has to do with, as Paul said, the concert, or at least the recording session with uh, David Bowie and one John Lennon. We have Pete calling in from the beaches in Toronto. Oh, sounds so Oh, we've lost Paul. Call him back right now, please. Call Paul back Hello. right away. Uh, Pete, Pete, it sounds so impressive when you say beaches, man. It really does. Yeah, I still call it the beaches. I don't know what happened, but anyway, <laughs> they changed it. Yeah, we just lost. We just lost Paul Levinson. It's it's our phone system, you know. It's, anyway, you were yeah, going to say I something have, about actors and actresses. What we, that we were talking about? Well, he, yeah, he was. He mentioned actors and actresses, and I don't know if they're all actors. Why do they still have? female, you know, actor awards, and if they're going to do that, then why don't they have one for blacks and orange and greens and purples? 
have well, a word t- for you know, everybody. Okay, I want to tell the studio something here. I'm going to put Paul on the right bank right now. So pot that up, please. So we lost you, Paul. I know. I'm here. I, I think uh, Ian from Ian's Irons and Ian's didn't like us talking about I think so. I think so. Now they've locked you on. So, so Peter was asking a question about if they have... Well, I won't go to the to the color scheme that you brought out, Peter. But if Peter's saying if they have, if everybody's an actor, why do they have best actress award? Why do they have best what award? Best. Why why do they if they if everybody's an actor, mm-hmm. why do they still have a best actress award? Well, that's a very good point. Look, I mean, I, you know, it, it's it's all a question of tradition. If you know, uh, so I'm a professor. For whatever reason, women were also always called professors. Or if somebody is a, an MD, you know, uh, a, a woman MD is called doctor, not doctoress. So I don't even know why the tradition started. Yeah. And, you know, to some extent, it's an arbitrary thing. But there's nothing insulting about it. That's what the point is, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, to get back also to, you know, some extent, even a, you know, a more serious thing. And apropos of what you're saying about Twitter tags, if you think about the Black Lives Matter movement, that's about something incredibly serious. We're here in the United States. There are police who basically shoot black people almost on sight, whether or not they have weapons, whatever. I mean, it's, it's almost become an epidemic. That is something that I think our society, at least here in the United States, needs to focus on. You, you know, you talk about discrimination, that's discrimination of the worst possible sort. Well, we saw that shooting in South Carolina that was absolutely horrific, um, you know, where the the man got shot in the back nine times, I think it was. And the only thing that he was uh, guilty of was being in arrears of child support. And he ran away from the cop, and the cop shot him nine times in the back, and then, allegedly, and then uh, dropped a, a gun to firearm near him. So, I mean, there have been, been some really significantly um, concerning situations. Uh, do you think, if we have a minute and a half, do you think this is going to be um, a, an issue that is going to sort of make its way to the Oscars, and it's going to be um, an issue that will will cloud the actual presentation, this this question about why are there only white nominees? Well, first of all, it's good if the Oscars are controversial, and uh, we'll never forget Sasheen Littlefeather coming up and accepting the award for Marlon Brando in the late 60s. That was one of the most exciting moments yeah. in any Oscar ceremony. It was. And the fact that Chris Rock is going to MC it, he'll no doubt make some sarcastic comments about it. But good, that's fine. I think we do need to laugh about this and have a good time and yeah. certainly not get upset about it. Well, and I don't know how Star Wars got left out. And doesn't a Wookiee deserve a Lifetime Achievement Award by now? Well, let's, give, let's give extraterrestrials their earned due. Uh, exactly. That that would be great. By, by the way, I'm seriously upset that Star Wars and The Hateful Eight were left out. I, I know they were both... This is part of the, the sort of general imperfection of the process, that that if a movie comes out too late in the year, even though it's in the calendar year 2015, it often doesn't show up uh, in these awards. How does Star Wars get left out? How does that happen? It, it, you know what? It takes away from the relevance of the whole the whole, the whole, the whole effort for the Oscars. Paul, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You've only had two options now. I say always. So on the second time talking to you, I always enjoy it. Thank you very much for the time today. Me too. My pleasure anytime. Paul Levinson from Fordham University, and it's Ian's, Ions, and Eons. And we'll come back and wrap up after this.